We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 101 is back, baby. Join us this episode as we talk about training camp. We talk about some of the rookies and we talk about what's to come. Tune in. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment. KCSN one-on-one brought to you by Cookie Society. Let's go, baby. Let's get it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. 2022 season. Here we go, baby. One-on-one podcast, bringing you all things Chiefs football from a player's perspective. We will be with you all year. I am Mike DeVito, nine-year NFL veteran playing with the Jets and the Chiefs. And we have my brother, as always, nine-year NFL veteran and Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Jeff Allen. We are getting back there this year, Big Jeff. Yes, I'm sir. so fired up right now. So excited to be back with you all. We're going to be here every week, all season, breaking down everything that's going on regarding Chiefs football. Before we get into that, our sponsor, as always, Cookie Society Cookies. Yes, sir. I'm over here. I'm trying to lose weight. Now I'm heading <laughs> back up because I knew I'd be eating Cookie Society all season. Big Jeff, what do we got? It's August or Listen, it's almost August. It's, it's almost August. Right now we're still in July. You know, we got red velvet, peanut butter, mm. s'more, caramel apple crisp, all our yes. classics, chocolate chip, banana pudding, cookies mm. and cream, frosted oatmeal. The list goes on, man. It, it's, it's, it's really tough for me to lose weight because <laughs> – you know, I own a cookie company, Forget and it. my wife makes unbelievable food. She makes everything great, so it's tough around here. But, you know, make sure you visit the website, www.cookiesociety.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Cookie Society. Get some good cookie content. I promise mm. you, you will love these things if you haven't had them already. If you had had them, drop some comments in the in the comment section below on YouTube or whatever you're watching. Yeah. Drop yeah. some comments below. 
Yeah, no doubt. Incredible, incredible cookies. We know our cookies. We're Lyman. You can trust us. Yes, Big sir. Jeff. Here we go, baby. I, I can't even. I'm fired up. I can't. I'm so excited. I was talking to Tucker, our producer, before we got started, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know, well, I can't wait to do one-on-one, but it's the summer's just started. It'll be down the road. And now all of a sudden, here we are at the He's end here. of July, beginning of August, and we're getting going. And I was outside walking the dog with my wife, and I, I was smelling the air. You know, you smell the grass. It was hot. You can feel the humidity. Yep. And it's like instantly my anxiety was up to a 10 because I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, it's football season. Yes. So what I, I figured we'd start off talking about training camp and what it's like for players, both as, you know, older veteran guys and young rookies, you know, getting ready to go into training camp. And so I'll kick it off to you, man. As, a, as an older guy, you know, what was this time of year like for you? We're now, what, one or two days away before the yeah. Vets report? As, as an older guy, the anxiety, it isn't as high as when yeah. you were younger. Um, I'm usually figuring out things around the house at, at this point in life. You usually have a family. You got your wife, you got the kids. You're getting all those affairs in order, making sure – that they're set up and they're ready to go while you're gone for three, four weeks, however long it's going to be. And, and you're just getting in your last errands. You know, you're enjoying your, your last supper, <laughs> whatever, you want to, whatever you want to call it, getting something good to eat. And then you're headed off to, you know, wherever you are in, in the NFL. You know, for us, it was in St. Joseph, Missouri. Yeah. You know, going from our big king size, comfortable beds to college cool. dorm. Um, well, they're full size. I don't know what they were. I don't even think they were full if size. If we were lucky. Full yeah, size. Sharing, yeah. Sharing bathrooms and, you know, have a roommate, like, so, you know, it was a totally different life, but it, it was cool, man. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it the later the later I got in my career, but early on, I absolutely hated it. It was uh, early on. It was so hard. I remember, you know, before I got married and before I had kids, I would stay. So I was in New York. I would stay at the Jets facility. I mean, I would yeah. stay in New Jersey for the summer because I didn't want to get my mind out of football mode because I remembered how difficult it was to go through OTAs, minicamp, and then have that break yeah. where you just sort of, you know, you're unwind, you enjoy the summer, and then all of a sudden, boom, it's right back on you, and now you got to switch back into football mode. Uh, so before I was married and kids, I used to just stay there and just sort of try to stay in football mode so that, uh, you know, it didn't have to be zero to 100. Yeah. Uh, but then as I, you know, obviously get married, have kids, my wife, you know, doesn't want to be living in Jersey or Kansas City during the offseason, want to be home and, and with the family. Um, and so I just remember the, uh, the transition mentally was so much because it's, you're right. I mean, you're staring down the barrel of a 23 game season with the preseason, all that stuff, however many games it is. Uh, and basically no days off for that amount of time. I mean, it's a half the year. You're just going all the time. There's really no time off and that could be overwhelming, you know? So I just remember, uh, uh, try and trying to put on a smiley face and enjoy those last couple of days. But I remember, you know, we start getting to be a week out and I stopped talking, you know, I stopped, <laughs> stopped talking less. We're like, all I just the same. Need to get out there, man. I just need to get out there and do it. And I always laugh because I see guys on Twitter and Facebook that are still playing, posting about how excited they are to be going to training camp. Man. And part of me is like, you might be a little you're, bit excited. You're excited for the season. You're exactly. not excited for training camp. <laughs> the absolute, I guess the absolute worst part that gave me the most anxiety, even though I was prepared, was just the conditioning test. Yeah. Oh. It was just like for big guys, and we had 16 half guys or so, with, what was it, 16 seconds? I, I don't know what it was. It, but it was it was a tough test. I'm not going to lie. And it was yeah. one of those things, no matter how much you prepare, you're going to be dog shit tired after it, work. It, bro, dead. I remember – 
2015, my last season, and I had an, a good idea going into it that that was going to be my last year. I wanted to yeah. come back from the Achilles injury, but I knew my body was wearing down fast. Um, and I remember getting through the last rep of <laughs> the 16 half gassers and thinking, thank God I never, I mean, I remember it vividly as I crossed, never have to do that again. Yes. That test is so hard. So just to compare, I had two strength coaches when I was with the Jets, um, and they had different tests. But it was basically like if you worked out, you could pass the test. Like they yeah. weren't overly hard. The only people that struggled were guys that just didn't put in any effort during the offseason, and, 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 you know, they would fail. But if you, put, if you went and worked out and did your agilities and stuff like that, you didn't have to do any sort of special – conditioning training to get ready for conditioning the conditioning test. test you just had to do what you had to do uh to get ready for football and you would pass at kansas city 16 half gassers uh and like you said i think it was 18 seconds that we had to get it in yeah it's 18 seconds with 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 you know 40 45 seconds break but i i it was quicker than 45 seconds that test was no joke and i had to set aside days in the week just to practice that test. Mm -hmm. uh, because here's what would, here's a lot of times that would happen. When you run those half gassers, right? You're running down the field, you're stopping and you're turned around at one side and coming back to the other side. You see a lot of guys, not only because they're out of shape, but just because they didn't practice the test, hurt their back because you're you're you have to, you know, you have to change directions so many times. Yeah. And so not only did you have to practice the conditioning, but you had to practice like, you know, your stepping turn. with your left hurst to turn, your left foot, and then stepping with your right foot to turn. But I mean, so this just speaks to Andy Reid, Barry in the weight room, uh, obviously Rick in the training room. Conditioning is a precedent yes. in Kansas City, and 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 for good reason because there are so many injuries that occur yeah. when guys aren't in good shape. And now the way the training camp, you know, training camp isn't like when we started, right, Jeff? I mean, when we used to have two a days and all this stuff in the heat and. Now you have about, I think I counted one time, you have about six or seven uh, full padded practices before you get to the first preseason game. That's not I a mean, lot at all. Oh, that, or it might have even been the entire training camp, six or seven. I mean, that's not a lot of time to get into shape and get ready. Whereas, you know, when we first started, I had 25, 30 uh, full padded practice before training camp was out. Um, so you, you ain't going to get in shape practicing. No, uh, no, you're just going to get hurt. And so Kansas City has always done a great job of making sure those guys are in shape. And the one thing that I've always been impressed with, Jeff, um, is you, you know, very rarely and knock on wood, do you see guys starting on PUP because they failed the test? I mean, no. guys come into Kansas City right. ready to rock. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting used to it during the OTA period. Yes, I mean, right. We're, we're conditioning right. then. Um, but it, it's like you said, it speaks volumes to the organization and, and their focus on conditioning. I don't know the exact data, but if you look at Andy Reid's teams and you know Barry Rubin's teams and and, and Rick Perkholter's teams and, mm. and and their combination, of those guys coming together and, and getting these guys in shape, guys aren't when they get to the season aren't really getting hurt. Right. If you look at them compared to other teams, guys are they are really good fourth quarter teams. Right. I know. I mean, I don't want to talk about that Bengals game. We weren't a good fourth quarter team <laughs> that game, but like historically speaking, um, Andy Reid led teams are a good fourth quarter teams. Right. Um, and get stronger as the game go on, go on because of the conditioning. So, I mean, it, it sucks, but you know, there's a, a method to the madness. Exactly, exactly. No, it does suck, and and, and that's sort of, um, but but it is important. And that that I want to transition from that point into 
the importance of training camp, but not not just any training camp. 2022 training camp for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, our producer, gave me a note before we started about the youth uh, in on this roster, this Kansas City roster. And, uh, you know, I thought, okay, maybe there's some – I had never really studied the, the actual roster itself. And I thought, okay, maybe it's some key positions. We have some young guys. But traditionally, from 2013 on – and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but – you know, Kansas City, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, John Dorsey, those those locker rooms were filled with veteran guys. I mean, yeah. when I got there, forget it. Everybody was was old. Uh, you know, you had Tomba and Justin and you and, and DJ and all these guys. Um, so I went and looked at the roster. There are about 15 players, 17 if you count the backup quarterback and the long snapper, that are six years and older, six years in the league and older. Um, everybody else is five years and under with a majority being in the <clears throat> rookie first year, second year. So that I was really surprised when I saw, I did not realize how young this team was. So talk about training camp. I guess I, we were going to get to this and I never circle back to it, but coming in as a rookie, you know, what that like, what that was like for you. And then how important this training camp is, because when you go into training camp and you've got 55 guys that are eight years and older, Training camp is more, you know, more of a logistical thing than anything else. Now it's really, really important. So, yeah. So, give me your thoughts, brother. It's really important, more so important than any other phase in the offseason. <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, because during OTAs, um, there's limited time, there's limited reps for everybody, especially right. younger guys. But in training camp, I know there's only one practice now, but it's a long practice. It's, it is a it's long. A th- practice. It's a three-hour practice with a lot of periods, and there's Every a lot of reps. Minute. There's a lot of reps to go around. So a lot of young guys for the first time, they're getting those live reps. Mm. They're taking what they're learning in the classroom to the field. So it's really important for them to, you know, make that transition and go out there and actually hit some guys um, and see like the speed of the game, because we do those periods where ones go versus twos and twos versus threes. And, you know, you're playing a level up. So you're saying like, okay, this is what I have to look forward to. This is what it looks like, you know, when, you know, a nine-time Pro Bowler is coming down my neck. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> this, is what exactly. This, this is what this feels like when it's, you know, at the end of practice in a two-minute drill where you're, where you're so tired that you can barely lift your legs. This is what it's going to feel like in the fourth quarter, and this is the National Football League. It, it, it is really fast, and it's not just fast because guys are athletic. Right. I mean, everyone's athletic, I mean, when you, when you get to the NFL, but it's really fast because guys are smart. I mean, they're professional athletes. You study your ass off. Guys know exactly what to do, how to do it. They have the right technique. So you, you're, you're, you're getting it from all angles as a rookie. Yeah. And you, either you're going to sink or you're going to swim. It's, it's no way around it. And that's why, I mean, unfortunately, the statistics, the stats are what they are. Um, guys don't last very long because it's not for everybody. No, I, I, uh, my rookie year going to the Jets, um, that was a, a hard lesson for me to learn was – how important studying the game was, yeah. uh, you know, one, you know, I loved playing football at the university of Maine, but one of the downsides of being a good player at a smaller university like that, a one double a school um, is I didn't have to study anything. Like I just put, I mean, Jeff, I was as big and strong as I was in you know, my year seven, as I was my last year in college. So I just put my hand down and I was gone. And there was just nobody that could block me because just I didn't. So I didn't look at backfield sets or know what formations were or down and distance tendencies or none of that. I just ran, you know, I just ran people over. That was it. Yeah. I mean, it was just uh, in the league, 
Uh, and I'm sure, you know, where you were the division one, a program, it, you know, it wasn't like that. And, and that was a, a fast learning curve for me. Cause I remember, you know, I had gotten through the season and around week seven, week eight had gotten the opportunity to play and, you know, was still behind in the mental aspect of the game. And I had two or three chances, two or three games to play. And I made some critical mistakes and ended up, you know, losing playing time, getting put back on being undressed for the, you know, inactive for the, um, for the games because of my mental game wasn't caught up. And so I say all that to say, you know, when you're going into a training camp like this, where you've had Andy Reid and the same coaching staffs for the past, however many years, and you're an older veteran guy that's used to the, um, used to the playbook, knows how to study the game, knows the speed of the game. Um, again, this is more of, you know, uh, a formality than anything else. Uh, it's still important to get around the team and all that, but, uh, you know, training camp, I think when you have teams like that, a lot of it is getting through that without any injuries, right? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely. what's most, but now with these rookies, they, and these young guys, they need to pick that up because you can't, you don't want to get into the regular season and not understand how fast the game is and how important though the mental reps are and not not and mental reps meaning understanding what you're doing out there when you're taking those live reps um and so this training camp i think in and correct me if i'm wrong jeff but i think in the andy reed era this is the most important training camp uh for this team to be successful that we've seen uh, I, agree. I think a lot hinges on these young guys getting in there getting around these veterans getting used to the speed of the game like you said and learning learning that game the ins and outs because we, we don't have the luxury that we had years past where guys, you know, you had a ton of veteran guys that knew the system, uh, knew the offense, knew the defense, had mastered those things, understood how to prepare for offenses or defenses or opponents, special teams-wise. That You got a lot of young guys learning that. And so this is going to be critical this year for these guys to, to have a very good training camp. You can't have those days where Andy Reid comes to the podium and says, ah, you know, guys kind of shit the bed a little bit today. They weren't no, focused. They no. were you can't have that this year. Every every one of these practices needs to be maximized. Without and, a doubt. And talked about the, the importance, you know, you played even as a young guy, you were always a leader. And it was because of how I think it was really because of how good you were, uh, that guys respected the hell out of you. Uh so talk about what that's like, you know, because right now we talk about the youth in this team. Um, these older guys, Kels. Chris Jones, obviously Mahomes, uh, uh, Juju, these older guys. Now, now Juju's going to be learning too because this is his first this time. First year. So, you know, these older guys that have been in the system have to step up and lead these younger guys. So talk to me. What did you – how much pressure did you put on yourself? Because I always saw you as a fantastic leader. But how much pressure did you put on yourself as a leader to raise up the guys around you, especially those young guys uh, uh, on that offensive line? Well, as an older guy, I felt like it was my responsibility because – I had guys before me that that did it for me. So uh, as I got older and I progressed and I started to put things under my tube belt and I learned things as a professional, I wanted to give back. Um, So not only did it it make me feel good as a veteran guy that I know I was helping the guy along, it made the team better. And and that's what we want to win. So and what better way to help us win is to get the younger guys Mm -hmm. and bring them up to speed. So that was my responsibility. I always made sure that I wasn't just speaking and I wasn't just giving them words. Of course, I would speak to them and talk encourage them but I was doing the right things you know yeah. in the training room yeah in the locker room as much as I love to eat like crap sometimes I was making sure that when I was in the, in the in training table or in the cafeteria that I had a good balanced meal yeah. guys are watching everything so I wanted to, to show those things so guys were doing the right things as young professionals 
Right. And they, and they were becoming better men and better football players. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, sorry to interrupt. I got to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is Dave. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get in and out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can give you up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on your bills. Trust me, you need it in this economy. You can finally tackle those expenses that you've been stressing out and, and without any huge hangups, and, and that's great. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get their financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Here's what you got to do. You got to go download the Dave app from the App Store right now. App Store of your choice. It's everywhere. Use promo code KC Sports when you go download that app. That's D A V E. Sign up for an extra cash count and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. This podcast is also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Listen, me personally, I'm not that big of a coffee drinker, but if I do drink coffee, when I do drink coffee, because it does happen... I want it to be the finest beans, the finest source coffee, because I don't want to drink any crap. And the, at Trade Coffee, they're incredible. They connect customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. There's one in Topeka that I've had. It's absolutely incredible. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns, and Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest so source of new growth for them. So if you love to help out small businesses, you're going into trade. Trade helps out these small businesses by getting you guys into contact. And I know especially in this economy, you want to help out these small businesses as, as much as you can. And Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the 
country's best craft roasters, small businesses, farmers who pay their prices to sustainably source their beans. And whenever your friends call you a coffee snob or you just know that when coffee tastes really perfect, that's Trade's real expert coffee experts. They've got these over 450 experts and 450 roasts that they know exactly what to recommend for you. Because the truth is, what I like in my coffee is not the same what you guys like in your coffee. That's why they got the quiz to to directly cater uh, to what you like, to what you want in your coffee, and they will match you with the perfectly the perfectly tailored coffee for you. And Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or grounds. You get to choose that. Personally, I like to grind my own stuff, so I like to get the, the whole beans. It tastes fresher. French press that stuff. It's delicious. You know, however you want to brew it, you can brew it however you want it. They'll get you the coffee. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than over 750,000 positive reviews. That's incredible. Can't get that many people to agree on anything this year at any, any time. But right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off their first order plus free shipping. When you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let Trade find a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off. Now let's get back to the show. I always really appreciated guys like you, and, and I tried to do the same thing. When I first got in the league, I was in a locker room with a lot of older veterans um, and a lot of younger guys, and there was a lot of competition. And so as a rookie, I went in used to the college game where everybody's kind of on the same team and we're working hard together to, yeah. to win. When I got into that that locker room, that defensive line room as a rookie, I quickly realized that nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. They, these guys want to put they, – they need to put food on their table. They need yeah. to provide for their family. So you don't care if I do well or don't do well. But I remember there were two guys specifically, Sean Ellis and uh, uh, Kenyon Coleman, who went out of their way as older, as older veterans to, to make sure that I understood what was going on, to sort of uh, take me under their wing, so to speak. Yeah. And that really meant a lot to me because I know that, that in doing that, there was a chance that they could lose their jobs yeah. because I was going to, you know, I could take their spot. I, I mean, I'll give you a quick story. I'm, my, my rookie season, I was drafted in the second round and I was brought in to be the starting left guard. And at the time, the starting left guard was was Ryan Lilja. Um, mm, I like Ryan. And I, I love Ryan. That's one of my one of my good dudes. I love that dude. He's one of the he's, guys that helped me the most in my young career. He's um, a great guy. When I, when I got in um, – you know, you have OTAs and, and you get and you mix in with the veterans and mini camp and all of that. And I just remember, like, he wouldn't say a freaking word to me. <laughs> like, he was just scalling at me. And I'm like, man, like, I know I got drafted to take your job, but Jesus Christ. That's man. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but then we got to training camp and, and, and to the season. And he was my biggest, my biggest fan, man. He helped me yeah. so much. He helped develop me. I think initially it was one of those, like, man, this sucks. Yeah. And then, he showed who he really was. He's like, oh, I'm going to help this guy out. I'm going to be the person that I'm really here to be, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to help get this guy up to speed. And I really appreciate Ryan. So shout out to you, Ryan Lilja. Yeah, shout out You're Ryan. the reason why I had that attitude when younger guys. Even if there was a guy that was in there that was competing with me or they, quote, unquote, drafted to take my job, I would always you know, try to make him the best player ever. Um, because at the end of the day, if I'm not good enough to get it done, then I'm just not good enough. Yeah, you know, and you know what, that that takes real humility and and real toughness, and you really lived that. I mean, I remember from the second I think the 
my first year in Kansas City, I think, was your second year on the team. Yeah. yeah. And I could tell right away that you were you were a leader. You were getting shit done. And, and uh, I always respect to do that. The I appreciate hell out of you it, for that. Um, okay. I want to talk specifically about um, one guy on the offensive line that I liked in the draft. We're talking about these young guys um, that I want to get your thoughts on is Darren Kennard. Um, th- this this man from Kentucky, it's Kentucky, right? Was that where? Yeah, from, was, uh, yeah. Kentucky with the blue hair. That's right. God, I mean, that blue hair. He, he dyed it red, though. Oh, did he dye it red? There he we go. Red, so we're good. Yeah. Now we're, we're back on the same page now. We're good to go. He He just looks, he looks the part. I mean, when I think of the presence that you brought to that offensive line, right? Yeah. That nastiness. You you need a guy. I know as a defensive lineman, I hate it watching a team, you know, re, you know, getting ready for a team and I'm watching the film and you see that one guy, right? That Jeff Fallon, that Richie Incognito, that guy that's just going to, you know, you're going to not only do you have to play hard against dirt, you know, through the whistle, but after the wish, you got to get, you know, watch for getting punched in the neck or stepped in the back. Dirt. He's going to be throwing dirt on you. Yeah, cussing, yeah. spitting in your face. <laughs> so, so Kennard looks like he fits that role, and you know you already have guys on this on this line, uh, offensive line. So you know, Niang looks like he's hurt. Um, so there could be some opening. I know Niang fits that that mold sometimes as well, but I know there could be some spots open on that offensive line. And looking at the transcript, Kennard's been practicing all the sort of different positions, getting ready to go for when the veterans get there. So I guess there's a few questions. Talk to me about what you think of. Uh, Kennard specifically, and then I'm also curious about what it's like to train offensive line at all the different spots. I think people yeah. think that it's just plug and play, nah. but it's really not. Um, and sort of uh, going back to Kennard, the prospects of him, you know, getting in there and being a, a contributing factor on this offense. Yeah. I mean, we'll start. We'll start with the player Kennard um, and what I see, what I saw at, at Kentucky and, and watching film on him. He's he's nasty. Yeah, um, he plays extremely hard. He finishes throughout the whistle. And he's got a little prick to him. And I know that I know that sounds like a negative, you know, characteristic. But when you play offensive line, that's probably the best characteristic that you can it. have. Right. Um, and he's going to fit right in with this group. You got Trey Smith, who's an actual absolute bull. You know, Creed Humphrey, who's who's a dog himself. Um, yeah. Joe Dooney, um, Orlando Brown, whenever he comes back. Yeah. And, and he's just going to fit in. Andrew Wiley plays hard, extremely hard. These guys are um, finishers, yeah. and that's something that you can't necessarily teach. I mean, a guy can have all the skill in the world. And be a good football player, but you can't teach someone to finish and, and be a dog. And, and he has yeah. that characteristic. So I'm excited to see him when he actually gets in there. As far as him shuffling around right now, that's all based on, you know, his, I guess, development. Mm-hmm. Um, they see some potential in him, obviously has some flexibility. So they're going to utilize him maybe in that role right now until he gets up to speed. I don't know where he is in the classroom or how he's looking right now but they're like hey this guy has some flexibility he can play multiple positions he he can possibly be the swing guy with potential with the upside to be a starter or right tackle um, mm. coming into the season uh, right now i think andrew wiley has that spot is his to lose oh that's right that's um right. yeah um, but there will definitely be competition at the end of the day what andy reed does he's a he's a he's a believer in playing the best five guys um mm. and and that's what helped me a lot i mean there's there's seasons where i started a right tackle in kansas city because he wanted to get the best five guys on the field. And right. it was better for me to play right tackle than it was to play left guard one year. Um, How hard on, is that, though? How idea. hard is that? It's it, it is, it's hard. I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to play multiple positions based off of, one, my size. Like, I was a hybrid. So yeah, 
I was kind of in between guy that I could play both positions. When you're what a bigger you six six four six four yeah six four three fifteen so I could yeah. I could get away with playing right tackle I, I was a guard size a bigger guard but a guard size um, as opposed to maybe like a you know like a Joe Thune I mean right. I know he's he's played left tackle and he's done it really well but he's not a very big guy right um, and then you have like guys like when I came in Ben Grubb signed in the offseason. so they moved him to left guard right away a Pro Bowl guy and they're like Jeff I'm sorry you're a young guy you know we're competing. Right. And I, I win the right tackle job. So now I'm one of the best five guys, just not playing left guard anymore. So that's right. That's it just right. depends. Like if he goes in there and he plays well at one of those positions, who knows where he might be left tackle. Who knows? Right. Andy Reid is going to put the best five guys out there. And and that that's fair. Yeah. You know, and you know what I love about what Andy Reid and Veach do? Like I totally forgot about Wiley until you said that is there's no like fake competition no. where you, you know, like when I was when I was with New York, we had um, Damian Woody, Brandon Moore, Nick Mangold, Alan Fanica, and DeBrickishaw Ferguson, right? So that was mm-hmm. the offensive line. So there was no competition. There was no competition. No, it was those guys, and then you had you had some backups in in Kansas City. You ha- you have you know, like you said, why? I mean, you have a number of guys that you could plug in and could be starters right away. And Kennard looks like he's he's cut from that mold as well. Yeah. And so there's real competition there. And the beauty of that is when you get into the regular season and a guy goes down and now you have a backup like Kennard that can play all the spots and can play it at a starting level, mm-hmm. there really is no misstep, right? I nope. mean, you're just, you're just cooking. There's um, no drop-off. I think what I'm most excited for is when those pads come on. Yeah. Because we, we've seen the OTAs. I mean, this guy looks like a stud. Yeah. I, mean, I can see his demeanor. You see the confidence that he has, the swag, of course, the hair color. Um, he looks like a creative player. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see what he looks like in live action at this level with pads on. I think no matter who you are, I mean, you don't want to read too much into it early on. You're going to have a welcome to the NFL moment. Right. right. I remember mine's. I'm sure you remember yours. Yeah. It's always in training camp. I remember um, just I was I was blocking Tyson Jackson my rookie year. And I just remember he went right through my numbers. I'm talking mm. bull rush me 12 yards into the field backfield. And I'm looking around and everyone's in the crowd. Like this guy's a bust. <laughs> Why we draft this kid? He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was the moment where I realized this is a different game. It's a different level. Yeah. And, and I got to get better. <laughs> yeah. I got to figure out ways to get better. So this shit doesn't happen to me. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I'm excited to see one. I'm excited to see, you know, what he looks like, but I'm excited to see, how he responds to that welcome to the NFL moment. When yeah. he gets his ass kicked and everyone in the bleachers are looking at him and how is he going to respond when the coaches are in the film room chewing him out? Is he going to get better? And, and I think he has the meaning. You, you, did you hear his, um, when he got drafted, his his tone on the phone? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love that. Like, it was like, yeah, hey. thank, thank you. All, right. all, all business. So yeah. <laughs> I think this kid has the makeup to be a great one. And so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, no, that's exciting. And I, I also at some point want to talk to you We'll talk about this down the road, but I know, you know, it, it seems like when you look at his backstory, there's a lot there. And I know there's, I know when I look at your backstory, there's a lot there. And so yeah. how that, that sort of, you know, that come up into this, this position now and how that, you know, ter- makes your character when you look at everything that you've been through uh, yeah. and how that, that plays out on the football field and sort of your personality and how you do things. No, nah, uh, de- definitely your, your, um your life makes you. Right. All those moments in life, those different, those different stages, those things that you, you know, persevere through. Yeah. Um, that, that's what makes you what you are. I, I'm from the South side of Chicago. So yeah. obviously um, I had a good home. Thankfully my mother was there. Um, she did a great job, but 
you know, I still saw things that I shouldn't have seen. Um, I still was in situations that I wish I wasn't in. Um, but those things made me who I was. Yeah. <laughs> it made me a tough son of a bitch. It made me, it, it gave me the, the, the mental toughness that I needed to make it to the national football league. And it, it gave me the, you know, the gratitude and the, the humbleness that I needed to, you know, sustain, you know, because when you get to NFL or before you even get to NFL, if you're a good football player, everyone's telling you how great you are. Yeah. Um, I never, there was never one, one time in my career where I listened to any of that. I was always striving to be better. I was always thinking of ways to be better. It, it's a double-edged sword because I never thought I was good enough right. um, because of right. it. But right. um, it also, it's, it, it's what kept me sharp. It's what yeah. kept me on top. It's what kept me, you know, motivated. Um, always feeling like I could be better. And, and I think that's all because of my upbringing, uh, yeah. my mother, uh, my environment. Um, all of those things shaped me and, and, and made me, I call it a humble beast. Yeah. Yeah. No, you were, you were. And I got, I got really lucky with my upbringing. I, um, I had the best of both worlds. So I grew up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So yeah. not, not exactly, uh, not exactly the tough streets. Um, but I had parents from Brooklyn, you know, my dad, uh, second generation over here. My grandparents came from Italy. Uh, my dad's name's Vinny. He's from Brooklyn and he owns a construction company. My uncle right? Vinny. That's right. I mean, he just, so like, he he owned a construction company. He made tons of money. We were in you know great places. We always had all the benefits. But at the same time, he had that street mentality. Yeah. And so, um, oh man, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't dick around in my house. I mean, you talk about things not being good enough. I don't remember my. I remember being in the league and finishing up you know a season and you know doing well. And my dad's like, listen, if you don't. You know, if you don't make it to a Pro Bowl or go to the Super Bowl, I probably won't come and visit. You know what I mean? Like he just that was the standard was set so high. When I was coming out of high school, I was originally going to go to the military and I was getting recruited by West Point. I don't know if I told the story. Forgive me if I've said it already. But I was getting recruited by West Point and I went on a recruiting trip to West Point and I, I just said, I can't do this. These guys are, you know, swimming with machine guns at 430 in the morning. Like I want to go get drunk and play football. And uh I remember my dad being so mad when we left and I said, I don't want to do it. I'm going to go to Maine. He said, if you don't join the military, you damn sure better make it to the NFL. Yeah. Like those were my options coming out. Right. So like I, I was very, very lucky in that regard. I'm I, always grateful for that. I think that's interesting when you talk about just the genetic makeup psych from a psychological standpoint of an NFL player, it takes, like this extreme grit to make yeah, it to that level. It does. And you had your dad to give it to you. Um, I had my, you know, my mother was tough as hell. I had my environment. I also had my uncle. Um, right. I remember just as a kid, um, not really wanting to work hard. Right. Right. Um, but I was taught it. I think yeah. we're all, we're not born to want to work hard. We're not born even to want right. to do any hard shit. Right. Um, right. Exactly. But, but life, makes the hard stuff easier. Right. Um, and I think I think that's what makes our mental makeup. And that's really cool to hear, hear your side of it. Well, and you know, Jeff, and not to get too far off this tangent, but being a parent now, it's not easy to do that. It's, no, not, it's not easy to be, be tough on them, right? It's like, I want to shelter them and make sure everything's good. And I don't want, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to see them have to struggle. But you look at, when I look at you, when I look at all the stories in the locker room, when I look at my upbringing, when you look at what it takes to get to the top, it's very rare that you find a guy that had everything handed to him his whole life, but just happened to develop the toughness to play at the next mm -hmm. level or to be great at anything they did. 
Yeah. Um, and so I have even more respect now for my parents. Uh, and I'm sure you could say the same thing, given how you see that's not easy. It's, it's not, not easy, easy to, to discipline them. It's not easy to make sure things aren't always perfect and that they have to struggle and work hard. And um, so, yeah, shout out to our parents because that shout is out not to a, them. Gosh, we're already on 32 minutes. I got so many different things. Let's man, we talk, keep going, man. Well, let's let's keep this one quick. We're gonna be we're gonna be going in uh, next week. We're gonna be meeting all all training camp, talking about training camp. I want to talk about Karloftis. I love him. We have a JJ Watt type guy Mc, with with that. We got a couple of Big Ten guys. Shout out to the Big Ten, Leo <laughs> Chanel. I Man. see you in the building, baby. That's right. That's right. They come up. <laughs> They're coming up. Uh, I want to talk about Justin Reed and how, you know, we've had this lineage of leadership with Eric Berry, Honey Badger, and now you have Reed and sort of what his role is like and how he has to plug in and be a leader on that young defense along with Chris Jones and different guys. Um, so much stuff to address. Jeff, why don't we cap it here? We're at 30 minutes. We'll cap it That's here. We'll good. get on next week. So many things to talk about. Chiefs Kingdom, we are so happy to be back with you. Check us out. Make sure to share, like, talk about cookies. Decided. We want to hear all about those cookies in the in the comments. Subscribe. Subscribe. Orders, all those good all things. That stuff. Get the gear. Get the Cookie Society gear. I'm telling you, my best T-shirts, hands uh -huh. down, are the Cookie Society ones. At, hands down. Get those T-shirts. You will not be disappointed. Get the cookies. And Chiefs Kingdom, here we go, baby. Trip road to the Super Bowl starts now one-on-one. -on -one. We are back. We love you. Uh, have a great week, and we will see you next week with another episode. Big Jeff, thank you, brother. Love you, man. Love you, too. Good to see you. Go, Chiefs. Here we go, Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.